Hello and welcome to Word Salad Radio Presents Blockbuster Autopsy. I am your host, Professor Joseph Ketchum, and I'm joined today by Dr. Tyler Pistorius. How's it going, Doctor? Hello, Professor. Uh, looks like uh, we got another uh, corpse in our case here. Yes, uh, pretty bad, uh, unrecognizable <laughs> mess of a corpse, which was why in... we had to bring in a specialist. Yeah, it's covered in glitter, too. Yeah, why is it? Yeah, all the it's it's green and red. It's it's like Christmas exploded in here. All the, all the neon and the glitter. So we had to we had to get our, our we had to get the, the the pretty huge dick PhD, Andrew Kropel. Uh, <laughs> His degrees in post hole digging. Yeah. <laughs> how's it no, going, Andrew? Yes, I'm doing going? well, and really, I'm overcompensating. So. <laughs> uh, no, uh, this, so this you're, is such so you're a kind of going in the theme with the movie here. You're overcompensating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So I was so looking for so many puns in this film, but not a single one. Yeah, you were not looking for a single pun. No, I was looking forward to all the puns that I've heard about in this film, oh. but not a single pun occurred. Yeah. Is, is 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 let's kick some ice a pun or allow that's me a, to? That is a pun. That's a play on words. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, most of them are just what about your li- lines? Like, they're most yeah. of them are like ice motifs. <laughs> like, well, there's a, there's a whole bunch of light of ice ice motifs basically. But would you say that you're not sending me to the cooler or cool party is a pun? Cooler is. Um, I don't know about cool party. Yeah, I guess cool party is. But you know what's How not about- a pun? What? Uh, what killed the dinosaurs? The ice age. That's not a pun. That's nothing. No, that, that's that's not no, even that's, a line. It's it's <laughs> no. It's it's not only is it just simply a bad joke. It's also scientifically inaccurate. What about yeah. <laughs> as you break through a door to a party and you start shooting people with an ice gun and you just keep on saying chill, chill, <laughs> chill, because that happens. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a pun. You know, it's um, it's fu- it's funny. A lot of things happen, and yet nothing happens in this. Uh, oh God! I, I guess I guess. We, <laughs> uh, so, listeners, oh, we're yeah. talking about uh, the 1997 Warner Brothers produced Joel Schumacher infamously bad movie Batman and Robin, which uh, the film that effectively killed the Batman franchise for about. Eight years. Eight years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until until uh, a little filmmaker that could, by the name of Christopher Nolan, I think it's how you pronounce his name. Old uh, Topher Nolan, yes. Was was given the keys to the kingdom and then gave us uh, a little film called Batman Begins, which you may have heard of. Uh, <laughs> and then that led to a watershed film called The Dork Knight. Uh, yeah, something which, like that. Uh, critical and commercial success, unlike anything that we had seen, <laughs> and basically was kind of the template for how a lot of not just comic book movies, but how a lot of movies in general would kind of ape on the success of it, such as Man of Steel, <laughs> which uh, yeah, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Mighty Justice yeah, we get League. it, we get it. Mistakes were made. Saban's Power Rangers was another egregious example. Um, I like I liked Power Rangers. I, I, I've actually Ninja not Turtles. seen it, so I can't really. Oh yeah, Ninja Turtles was another one. Uh, actually, I think a, a couple of the Transformers movies even like try to ape off of the Dark Knight. Was it one of them called Transformers: The Dark Knight? Uh, yep. The Last Knight. Oh, the Last. Oh night. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, well, that's, a, that's a major distinction, right? It has um, you know, it has no parallels to the Dark Knight in any way. It's just mm-hmm. about knights. 
Yeah. <laughs> However, what it does have a parallel to and what we're talking about is it seems like it is 20 hours long. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that's... last night is unwatchably long, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, this this was the one that was the fourth and final entry in, I guess, what's known as the Burton Schumacher era. Because uh, you had because you had a Batman eighty nine, which I think is now kind of like the official title of it, especially with the upcoming series of uh, comics that are coming out. This is literally calling itself Batman eighty nine. <laughs> that makes sense. They call Batman. the yeah. they call the um, the Adam West era Batman sixty six. So yeah, which makes yeah, and that makes sense too. So the first Batman, which was um, positive to mixed reviews, but huge success uh, with uh, audiences and all that. Then Batman Returns came along and uh, made everybody's Christmases miserable, except for me. Uh, it made my Christmas all the more delightful. And so, therefore, because only people like me enjoyed that movie, we got Batman Forever, which is half of a good movie and half of a terrible movie. Yeah, it's got good moments. We did it for quote-unquote guilty, and you know, mm-hmm. it's it's what this should have been. Like, that can't be mm-hmm. fun. This... Uh, is just I don't know I don't know what went so wrong with Batman and Robin because you know it should have been like the same formula and the same kind of tone. It's just like let's go yeah. more cartoony. Let's just go. Let's just go for it. Well, the, the <laughs> thing with the thing with Batman Forever that I liked the most was that of all four of the the movies in the Burton Schumacher franchise, it's the only one that actually went out of its way to explore the psychology of Bruce Wayne. And of yeah. all four of the mm-hmm. movies. I feel like Bruce Wayne actually is the main character instead of a supporting character for the sake of the villains. Because he's always, because he was a supporting character in the Joker movie. He was a supporting character in the Penguin and Catwoman movie. And then he was also a supporting character in the Mr. Freeze Poison Ivy movie. And as far as the, the Burton ones, I'm okay with focusing on the villains and having Batman, who is a cool character, but, you know part of his mystique is that he's in the shadows he's in the background uh he is unknown so i'm okay with a movie that focuses on the villains and like what batman is responding to and as we've seen that can be done quite well it's like even the dark knight if it's very much the joker's movie and uh harvey dent's movie yeah but uh and joker the film said (laughs) oh and joker the film (laughs) oh also joker the film yeah joker the film is very much joker's movie and see that's where you go too far when you have zero batman that's that's where we've gone too far (laughs) it it, yeah we've 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 gone out of balance the other way but Mm -hmm. um yeah with uh with the batman forever it did make an effort to explore his uh, psychology and and actually, I've been noticing that there has been a, a release, the Schumacher cut for Batman Forever, because there there are a number of deleted scenes that do focus a great deal on his psychology, and they all look really terrific. Mm-hmm. It's just that with Batman Forever, I, I call it half of a great movie and half of a terrible movie, because whereas you have like the exploration of Bruce Wayne's psychology, and then you have kind of that dynamic between him and um, uh, Ch- Dr. Chase Meridian, and then there's the parallels between Bruce Wayne and Edward Nigma. Uh, unfortunately, you have who is otherwise a great actor with Tommy Lee Jones giving yeah. <laughs> probably the worst performance in any mm-hmm. movie. Not just any comic movie, but any movie as a Two-Face. Like It's it's Tommy Lee Jones trying to do a Robin Williams. It, it's, it's that, and it's also Tommy Lee Jones clearly thinking that he is above this material because it's a comic book. Mm-hmm. And as a result, he gives a performance that makes you want to die. And ne- or or at the very least, never watch movies again. Like and, and ironically, this guy is a great does actor. make him too good for the movie. 
it's, it's funny because the thing is, like, he's a great actor, but that performance, woof. That that performance, like, is comparable to the entirety of this film that we're talking about here, Batman and Robin. I mean, you you say we're talking about it. We have we've got to really mention it. <laughs> yeah, well, because I we're mean, avoiding I I, it. I, I, well, I mean, there's a reason why we're avoiding it. I mean, mm-hmm. here's the thing, like we. This movie's been talked about to death, like from reviewers, from podcasters, on just how much of a failure it was. I suppose we could propose uh, an alternative to that. Like, what are ways that this film could have been fixed, aside from not making the movie? What are ways that this film could have been perhaps steered more into the right direction? Doesn't have to be a great movie, doesn't even have to be a good movie. But anything other than Batman and Robin? For me, it's it's really comes down to the tone. It was like, this is Batman 66 on acid. Mm-hmm. Boiling acid. And um, <laughs> her little Batman uh, Forever callback. And it's just so insane. It's so neon. There's like gigantic statues in Gotham City. Like the architecture... Like everything is so crazy. Everything's dialed up to 11 and you're actually dealing with some pretty good source material and some pretty good themes. Mm-hmm. Um, you got, you got Alfred dying. You've taken Paul Dini's um, heart of ice story from the animated series for uh, Mr. Freeze. Cause mm-hmm. up until the animated series, Mr. Freeze was just kind of a, a generic bank robber with ice guns. Uh, he was, it was yeah. nothing. And then, Paul Dini comes along and like changes the game for superhero supervillains. And uh, I'm glad they adopted that, but it should be a real like emotional core of the movie. And it's just, it's just puns and nonsense. And, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. Ivy who could be played very effectively. I mean, you look at other great versions of poison Ivy in uh, the Harley Quinn animated series and the animated, the Batman animated series, or even mm-hmm. Arkham, the Arkham, the games. Arkham games. Absolutely. Yep. So like her her motivations and her kind of anti-hero qualities could come through but in this she's just a vindictive bitch. <laughs> she is what uh neoconservatives imagine environmentalists are. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the the best description of this version of Ivy. I mean, it's like and, ooh the environmentalists are coming for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, They're coming I mean, for our like, guns. Like, I mean, kudos to Uma Thurman for knowing mm-hmm. exactly what kind of movie this is and just like going full camp. Because yeah. she's, I, mean, I think yeah. she's like the only actor of like the main five that kind of knows that this is campy crap, mm-hmm. and so kind of pl- and plays it up to that. And so she's really, I think, the only well, one of the main five that appears relatively unscathed, and she's she, having fun with it. I think. Yeah. Well, she's uh, emulating. I skipped it in my crazy person notes. Where is it? Mae West. Oh, She's yeah. definitely doing Mae West impression. Yes. Because a, she realizes it's super campy. It. Mm-hmm. It's super sexy villain in at least this universe. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, she's just giving it whole... She's even throwing on the accent. Like the, <laughs> what is it? North... A chance for Mother Nature to start again. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, they do that thing with her where they change her costume in every scene, like they did with Riddler. Mm-hmm. 
in Batman yes. Forever, and it just gets crazier and crazier. And like mm-hmm. with Riddler, there was a moment where the costume was perfect and it was exactly what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like lighting up and sequined and stuff. And Poison Ivy similarly like has the perfect costume or a couple of very good versions of the costume in this, and then gets crazier and crazier, and her hair's yeah. up and a crown, and it's like it's crazy. If she it's has like just, like, just give her a costume, give her a look. Yeah. I mean, and then like a number t- number of points, she has boobs on her head. <laughs> yeah, what? I, don't, I don't know what's going on with the hairstyle. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. oh the, the the hairstyle, yeah, they they make it to look like she has like a couple of boobs on on her scalp, which I thought was really weird. You know, I didn't uh, notice that because I was stabbing my eyes at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrew no longer has eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's what I find really fascinating is that this is a Batman movie that manages to get an action star like Arnold Schwarzenegger in its movie. And you have a character like Bane that is present in the film. Why not cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as Bane and why not just rewrite Bane's dialogue? So so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you take away the puns and you take away pretty much any of the action scenes, he actually does a pretty good job. What is, what, what is there left? Oh, you mean like his more well, dramatic scenes? You mean yeah, like when like he's his... when he's leading the the choir of henchmen to White Christmas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, like that stuff <laughs> like, is gold. We need more of that, Arnie. <laughs> no, it's like uh, when pretty much whenever he's dealing with his wife. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Is like yeah, that mm. should be a, a very powerful you know driving force for his character and for the movie that should be a real emotional core to the movie and it's just not it's just ice puns and Mm. diamond robberies i mean it's 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 more of an afterthought basically Uh, i'm sorry go ahead andrew one of the things so i see this dead body of a movie in front of me i'm I'm gonna go whole hog into our the Uh, premise of our show i mean mean, you're you've got the phd yeah we we have Uh gathered we have gathered to diagnose this Uh uh-huh what happened to this corpse one thing that i realized about this film is it's very bloated (laughs) and it's over two hours long yeah well not only that but like why is batgirl here you could have cut batgirl out of this movie yes completely yeah she was she was already mostly cut out of it like Mm -hmm. she batgirl was supposed to be a much bigger part of the movie but apparently alicia silverstone gained a little weight while filming and her costume didn't fit her anymore Really? So like, yeah. So they like had to, uh, you know, work around that, and the press like was really shaming her and fat shaming her, uh, and oh. Schumacher was and Schumacher was standing up for, her, um, uh-huh. and really lashed out at the press for you know fixating on that. R.I.P. Joel Schumacher. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you seem to be a decent guy. This movie fucking sucks. I mean, well, the thing is, it's like you know, like. This movie aside, uh, I'm 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 gonna go up to bat for for the late Joel Schumacher. I mean, I I actually don't have that many Schumacher movies I care for. Actually, yeah. well, I mean, the thing is, is like you know, Joel Schumacher, he was ultimately like a journeyman's filmmaker. Uh, he he was not an auteur. He he was certainly not you know the quality of someone like a Cindy Lumet or like a Martin Scorsese or if you want to put it in today's today's terms like a like a like a Jordan Peele or Paul Thomas Anderson sure, or, yeah. or yeah. any any capable director yeah or Robert Eggers like he doesn't he didn't have like a distinct cinematic voice he was just like an effective journeyman's filmmaker i mean and he's also what like a very a, like he's a, a lot of varying films too like he like he made movies like falling down and he made uh, uh, flatliners and 
a time yeah, to like kill. Fa- like falling down is great. Flatliners, I remember being fun, but eh, overall, I just never really responded to mm-hmm. Schumacher's work. You also made like flawless with um, jo- uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman Nicholas and Robert Cage. De Niro and oh, eight no, millimeter. Oh yeah, eight millimeter. Yeah. Oh god, I fucking hate eight millimeter so much. I mean, I, I I haven't seen that one in a while. I remember it being dark, but I don't remember like. Yeah, I, I probably it. just I watched it as a kid, and you know. <laughs> oh, good. It's <laughs> a great film to watch when you're a kid. Yeah. So it, so it really put me off of it. No wonder you, you know, hated it. <laughs> a like a like murder rape fantasy movie. I was like, oh god, damn it! I can't. I'm too young for this, and I've never gone back to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I mean, not every film, obviously, that he has made has been good. Uh, you know, Trespass, not a great movie. Uh, Phantom of the Opera, terrible. The number twenty three. Yeah, just, just awful. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of varied films. But you know, a little respect to Joel Schumacher. But but yeah, he also did a, Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, 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 the, and the aspects of Batman Forever that he found fascinating, which were like the psychology of Batman, I think kudos to him for that. And also kudos to him for sticking up for Alicia Silverstone, mm-hmm. kind of bring it back a little bit. to Which gets me into bonus. another point I have with the movie. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, she uh, she outgrew her. You know, she couldn't wear a costume. But it isn't. it's really creepy to me that Alfred designed that costume for her. Yeah. Mm. Like yeah, while like he's dying, yeah, he was like, I, uh-huh. I, you know, I, I made something up in your size. Like, how? <laughs> and not only that, but like, the reason why the suits look the way they do is apparently, oh my god, shoemaker, 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 shoemaker. Yeah. Uh, uh, he wanted it to look like gods, Greek mythological gods. Okay, yeah. So that's, fine. that's why they all have like their ripped abs and stuff like that and then you look at batgirls and it's not quite the same they don't make it her look very uh, no nipples i hear well, what you're I, saying you, you yeah wish exactly Batgirl had nipples yeah yeah like uh, and, uh, free and the can, nipple and I, and I can tell you exactly why she doesn't have nipples mm-hmm. it would well, go for yeah, pg-13 to r yeah. yeah oh yeah of course of course yeah. no but it's kind of creepy though that Alfred was like, hey, you're my niece. I've treated you like my daughter. Let me make a skin-tight piece of armor for you. Clearly you're not with from heels. the Clearly you're not from the South, Andrew. That's how it's going yeah. here. Andrew, they're they're European. They got they're much more lax in their standards over there. <laughs> it's the European way. It's like a bat mitzvah in England to make your daughter, your teenage daughter, a skin tight, you know, Batgirl costume. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You are completely right in thinking that that is uh, really creepy and gross because it is, mm-hmm. it, especially given that he's dying too. On top of it, is this like is mm-hmm. he is he like fulfilling like some dying wish that we never talk about? It's just a thing that we've now come to learn. It's like okay, why are we even bothering trying to save Alfred at this point? Well, and also like why try, why try and save him when he's just gonna live like another week? <laughs> and he's like 119 fair, years old. <laughs> He's like the AI created the suit. Yeah. Because I think he just transferred his AI and then he probably told the computer at one point, like I assume via journal, like, Dear Diary, my niece came in today. And then here's what you know about her. Michael Michael Go lived another seventeen or fourteen years, I'll have you know. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did, did, did my, oh, that's right, because his last movie was um uh, Alice in Wonderland, the the Tim Burton nightmare yep yeah oh yeah where he played the voice of the dodo bird 
That's right. That's right. Oh yeah. Oh oh god. That's so, that's depressing. Another question. Oh, oh, go ahead, Andrew. Oh, I was gonna say another thing that I would have done to improve this film is I really liked the idea of Robin kind of being irritated that Batman is kind of in control of everything. Mm-hmm. So this could have been a really cool time to bring in Nightwing. Yeah, the plan but- was to do like two sequels to this. If it had, if it had gone well, they were going to do a direct sequel with, um, called like Batman Unchained with Clooney coming back and Chris O'Donnell. And then they were going to do a Nightwing spinoff with Chris O'Donnell. Okay. So yeah, they could have like name dropped Nightwing or something like that mm-hmm. just as an Easter egg. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe even give him the costume. Maybe even had him like actually break out mm. from Batman's shadow. But uh, nah. <laughs> well, even even like their final boss battle suits where they're going up against Freeze. He's basically wearing a Nightwing suit. Yeah, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Why why did they change? They like go. They they beat. Poison Ivy and Bane, or not Bane, Bane's a They were trying to sell toys, Joe! Hey, hey, I'm I'm talking narratively. This was a toy commercial. As Joel Joel Schumacher directed his actors, remember guys, this is a toy commercial, this is a cartoon. Sorry, what was your question, Joe? (laughs) Why did they change? (laughs) Uh, uh, Logically speaking, I don't know. It's their um, thermal suits. You could give it a narrative reason. Like, you could establish mm-hmm. that it's impervious to the, the ice gun or something, but that never comes into play. That's never mm-hmm. a factor. It's like, it's one line of dialogue. Yeah. Like, we need we need our ice suits. And some for some reason, Batgirl has an ice suit, too. Like, be- because, need... because, because they never get shot with the ice gun when they have their thermal suits on. But why? Like, that's, that's the kind of amateur filmmaking mm-hmm. that I cannot abide. It's like, just establish why you need them in a new costume. Establish why... You need them. I mean, I guess I get the vehicles. They repel mm-hmm. ice beams. Plus the uh, the hovercraft that Robin drives is really smart. I don't know why they don't all have hovercrafts. Yeah, because they got to traverse the ice. Yeah, they want to sell three different toys. They want like an ice Batmobile and an ice motorcycle, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. But the hovercraft, I get. I get that yeah. completely. <laughs> why didn't they <laughs> use they, the Batwing? Yeah, they why, why not fly? That's <laughs> yeah, another why not good fly? question. But the, the thing is, the... The freezing of the city happens like as they're defeating Ivy. So they have 11 minutes from that moment to thaw the city and they go home and change and then go and deal with it. That's right, they do. <laughs> they probably have, um, if, it, if it's not through the, the magic of film editing, uh, they probably have like some kind of device that will uh, change their costumes uh, very carefully. And I think. Uh, they had to test it out on some uh, human subjects because this is this is this is the same Batman that has killed people. So probably took oh some God. crazy person from Arkham Asylum to Let's... or a number of them to test it out. And of course, like the the, the contraption, like probably crushed the patient and killed them. <laughs> oh, I still a, want to oh, talk about Arkham Asylum for a little bit because oh my God. Arkham Asylum is, like, the world's worst place to be. Oh, what are you talking about? You could just, like, stroll right in. No, I, like, it's cool. <laughs> like, it's not that it's secure or whatnot. Mm-hmm. The guards mean, like, are garbage. Mental. Yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> guards... I, I don't think I actually wrote down what they said. I think I just wrote down evil guards, but they're, they're like, I mean, it's a bullying prison. freeze. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a prison. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a mental It's system. supposed to be it's a psych ward. It's, it's a, supposed a, to be a mental hospital. Yeah. So, yeah, in other words, a, a mental... so, in other words, it's a circa 1997 psych ward in the United States of America. Is that what you're implying? <laughs> Yes, it's horrible. It's, it's a Tinnicut Follies. <laughs> <laughs> 
at that point, it's like, who are we supposed to be cheering for? <laughs> like the villains or I'm not, the, I'm not, this is the, I'm, I'm not sure for anybody. Or the guards. Because, like, or especially at the end when Batman's like, hey, we'll save your wife and everything like that. You can stay in Arkham Asylum. And then they're like, oh, by the way, Ivy tried to kill your wife. Oh, and let's just let you go into her cell <laughs> yeah, fully suited up. Let's give you an ice suit in her cell and just, you know, see what happens. Yeah, what's the worst that'll happen? Libertarian Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone for themselves. Everyone for themselves. But it's a good point no. that, you know, Arkham is terrible, but Batman, like, condones it. It's like Batman mm-hmm. is the one sending people to Arkham, and you can't tell me that he doesn't know what's going on in Arkham. There's I mean, absolutely no way he doesn't know. It, it, I mean, that is consistent with the Batman that blew up a chemical factory in the first film and the and the Batman that lit somebody up with the turbine of the Batmobile and strapped a bomb to a guy's dick and pushed him down the sewer drain. That is pretty consistent. I, I mean, yeah, Burton's Batman is a murderer, so it, oh, it stands yeah. to reason Horrible. that, Sh- that uh-huh. Schumacher's Batman would be a sadist. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the in the Val Kilmer Batman is like an outlier amongst all of them cuz like he's the one that actually like tried to to adapt some kind of principle until that weird ending with him and Two-Face, but then again that was a terrible performance, so I don't care. Uh but anyway, <laughs> he was actually putting to uh Tommy Lee Jones out of his misery. That's what it was. Get Tommy Lee Jones well, cathartic the, for all of us. Get Tommy Lee Jones out of the movie so that cuz he's mm-hmm. difficult to work with and being an asshole. <laughs> perhaps yeah no and by the way batman is a libertarian you realize that right yeah he's like the billionaire who thinks that yeah, it's better if he for were him a socialist he would have a... saved gotham long ago yeah because he would have just given all his money away yeah, yeah i mean he well, just, he, uh, if he was a socialist he would never have become batman exactly yeah he would use his status his his wealth to save the city much quicker i have to add yeah <laughs> rather than one at a time one rather than one thug at a time and you know they break <laughs> out and wreak havoc and you know he goes and gets them again They're like yeah he gets off on being batman we there's no debate about that mm-hmm. yeah i mean that would be a really interesting batman story one where you have bruce wayne but he never becomes batman he just uses his wealth to help the people of gotham it'd yeah. be so boring well, I mean, not if you have the villains. and They're all just kind of like tearing each other apart. Well, the thing is, is the villains wouldn't be there because all of their social needs would have been met. <laughs> well, Plus, yeah, the, mo- the villains of, only exist most, because Batman exists. Yeah, well, well, most of the villains' needs would be met. and then, But you also have to explain, like, how does someone like the Black Mask factor in, into this? How does, depending on this interpretation, the Joker fit into this? Well, I mean, Catwoman would not exist... Um, Harley Quinn would not exist. You would figure, like, with the Joker, he would have been probably put on medication and been able to, depends like... On, depends, on the, depends on his origins, though, or lack yeah. thereof. I don't know much about Black Mask. Um, Which one? The, the Arthur Fleck Joker would never have become the Joker. Uh, I would also argue that the Heath Ledger Joker probably would not have become the Joker. Jack Nicholson's Joker probably would not have become the Joker, but he still would have been a problem. Uh, anyways, yeah. uh, back to Batman and Robin. <laughs> Let's get out of our Gotham utopia. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question about right. Batman okay. ampersand Robin. Why does Alfred want to tell his brother about Batman? Because Alfred thinks he's going to die, and he trusts only his brother to help them out. But why do they need help? It's like they are self-contained. Like, what's Wilfred going to do? Come in and be their butler? Batman's uh, butler? He- well, because Alfred does do quite a bit of stuff for them. 
like even in this movie does he not really not in okay this one. then well, that is not he, established he, by the canon he, he apparently <laughs> but, he apparently could figure out the measurements of his knee so he's clearly doing shit yeah well he's just eyeballing that it's like yeah one one good hard look and he can uh he can figure her out well i mean like with the technology that they have he's probably got like some secret cameras or like some kind of secret device on like wherever whatever bed that barbara's sleeping on uh and uh, actually i need to talk about yeah. the whole barbara thing in a bit uh because that whole connection is completely wrong oh yeah we all know that she is the daughter of commissioner gordon she is not mm. the niece of alfred pennyworth uh but that's neither here or there yeah, I don't really care about changes. It's just, it seems like a I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, because when you adapt something, you have to change it. So you might as well embrace that process. Um, well, but yeah, it is a needless change. It doesn't make any sense to no, make her like part well, of the yeah, thing. Well, also, also, also that change is, it's, it completely like undermines a lot of how she even becomes Batgirl to begin with. Because yeah. the whole connection with uh, Jim Gordon and then her becoming Batgirl makes a lot more sense than her being the niece of her creepy uncle who's got some kind of weird devices attached to her bed <laughs> that gets all of her measurements and while yeah, he's I would not have made this particular change I'm just saying no uh, cha- changes in adaptation don't as a rule bother me mm. yeah I mean and, and no as a rule does not bother me either like um no <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry How- However, we keep for talking movie... over each other. Uh, I was going to say something, but Andrew, you look like you really want to say something. So go ahead and get it off your chest. For a movie Fuck me. this long, for a movie this long, Batgirl, because I Barbara, I guess is her name, is such a rushed character. She suddenly goes from, I don't really know anything to, oh, look, I'm fighting Poison Ivy. Well, the I don't really know anything's an act. I think the whole street racing thing is meant to set her up as a capable ca- candidate for Batgirl, but it's mm-hmm. still a lot. It's still a bit of a stretch to go from I can ride a motorcycle pretty well to I can be Batgirl. She, no, no, no. Uh, she she's a candidate for Batgirl because she has a death wish. <laughs> yeah, because well, that, she does. She these, fits right in. Yeah, because yeah, she does these dumb bike races that almost get her killed. If it had it not been for Robin uh, being able to hang off of uh, the side of a building with just his foot and nothing else to save her. She's real chill about that, too. Yeah, she's sort of like, oh, oh, it's you, <laughs> dick. Oh. She's, is she, is, is she's like about to die. <laughs> she's so disappointed. Yeah. It's, it's another uh, reason they changed it is they could make her an orphan, too. So if she was Gordon's daughter, then she wouldn't be an orphan, and she wouldn't fit in the Bat Club. That's right. You have to yeah. be an orphan in order to fit into the Bat. Be an club. orphan to get in. That's right. Well, they were like, we need an audience surrogate again, and maybe with Alfred being sick. Oh, he has a niece named Barbara who can become Batgirl. That's their logic. I think. I don't know. It's I'm hard not- to get into his head. I don't know. Hard to say why they uh, they cluttered this movie so much, but it is cluttered. They were trying to sell toys, guys. Did did we need a Julie Madison toy? It's like, why does Bruce Wayne need a girlfriend in the movie? I'm surprised there wasn't a Julie Madison toy. Now that we think about it, I bet there probably was. Mm-hmm. Probably there was probably a, she probably came in a box set with the Vivica Fox character. That seems like a plot line that just goes nowhere. Because it goes Good. nowhere. 
the girlfriend <laughs> yeah 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 like, why why even have the girlfriend Bruce. okay i'm fine mm-hmm. well I'm fine the thing is like married. you know if if we're, we're going off of we're going off of vicky vale and then selena kyle and then dr chase meridian we've established at this point that none of those relationships work okay you know twice is a coincidence three times is a pattern none of those relationships work why not just have them be single and maybe mm-hmm. just like be a bachelor who just goes and sees a different woman every night or every week. And it feels like another studio note. It's like, oh, Batman needs a love interest. And that's the other thing is that would have made the Poison Ivy Batman Robin situation a little bit less difficult. I mean, it would have it would have added tension because Batman isn't or Bruce Wayne isn't just going to dump his longtime girlfriend of the year because of poison ivy mm-hmm. but if he were a bachelor then it's dick's you only want ivy thing would actually kind of make sense yeah that's something that could have been fixed and, and it's al- just cutting her character out yeah and, and also if you cut the character out and then you have like that kind of conflict between uh bruce and richard i'm gonna call him richard to kind of mm-hmm. dignify him a little bit um <laughs> richard grayson Richard Grayson, uh, over Mr. Just call him Mr. Grayson, Mr. Or Mr. Grayson, uh, over Poison Ivy. One thing that we could learn over time is that Bruce is not actually romantically interested in Ivy because we've had that history already established that relationships and Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne really don't work out, and so he kind of sees right through her and knows that she is nefarious and is up to no good. And so, I would have liked to have seen yeah. a more like full-on Batman versus Robin moment where they're both fighting for Ivy and Batman is completely enthralled and you know they both are because he mm-hmm. just he's able to think his way out of this uh, this chemical reaction this chemical attraction a little too easily for me. But um, what if Batman I would have I would have liked. <laughs> I mean that would certainly be. Uh, a, a level of darkness that I'm comfortable with. <laughs> Batman uh, more than comfortable Robin. with that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is an animated movie called Batman versus Robin. It's pretty good. Oh, I'd watch that. Yeah, the the Robin in that one is his son, though. It's Damian Wayne. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, I've seen it. It's really, really good. Or, yeah, or, or, really or, or, or okay, like all jokes aside, maybe not necessarily kill him, but like, what if at the end of this movie, Batman and Robin ceased being Batman and Robin? Like their oh yeah their fight against each other gets to such a point where they cannot be partners anymore, and so mm-hmm. it ends with the two of them amicably parting ways. And Nightwing is born, and then Nightwing is born. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Nightwing mm-hmm. is Poison Ivy's muscle until he figures out what's going on. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hey, there you go. There. You and then go. we can yeah. get rid of Bane. Like we don't need Bane mm-hmm. at all. We do not need. This we, really talk, we didn't even really talk about Bane, uh, but. <laughs> I suppose now is as good a time as to talk about Bane, because here's the thing, like, with this, like, there are a number of directions that this film could have gone, even with all the characters that you have in it. Did you really need Bane in this movie? No. Uh, if you had the focus being on Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy, no, didn't need mm-hmm. Bane. If, say you have this Batman and this Robin, and you had Bane as your villain. Cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as Bane. Don't sure. have all of Bane's dialogue be Bane! <laughs> Monkey work. Bomb. Check Bomb. me out. Bomb. <laughs> no, no, no. You you would do the Bane like you got in the Batman Nightfall comic, where he is somebody who actually figures out who Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. that Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person, and also the potential for the headliner of Batman versus Schwarzenegger, because you have Schwarzenegger as Bane, 
God, like in terms of like marketing strategy, like that would sell tickets like you would not believe. Especially yeah, back in the nineties. So. You would think yeah. so. But like the thing is is like you, you don't cast someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger and as a character like Mr. Freeze. With Mr. Freeze back in the nineties, you would cast someone like Ben Kingsley. Or yeah. I mean, actually that's mm-hmm. that actually in terms of like my own personal dream roles of Batman villains, it's not the Joker or the Riddler. It's actually Mr. Freeze. I would love to play that character. Uh, because, I would love to play the Riddler if he was done right. It was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I would, I I would play a version Mr. of the Riddler yet. That's been really exciting, but yeah, I, I have not seen a cinematic version of Mr. Freeze has been done correctly. And I would love to take a crack at it, especially because like it's doing a cinematic take on Mr. Freeze. That's a tough challenge in and of itself, but it can be done as Paul Dini showed in the animated series, and also Arkham City's show, too, with the depiction yeah. of that character. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but, like, if you had Arnold... Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger should have been Bane, because, like, you have, like, this big, muscular monster of a man that you need to have play the role of Bane. Like, it's kind of obvious. It's just that, obviously, you can't cast Arnold in the role where he's just saying, Oh! No, yeah. you have to give him yeah. dialogue. <laughs> but anything he does say is going to be in that Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. There's got to be someone mm-hmm. who can do it and bring some gravitas to the role. Yeah. yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> uh, Bane is a, a big-time villain. Bane is incredibly intelligent. <laughs> here's a, here's a, here's well, he's like the only one who's beaten yeah. Batman. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. This has cost <laughs> you your straight victory has defeated you. Theatricality and deception. Powerful agents for the uninitiated, but we are initiated, aren't we, Bruce? Members of the League of Shadows. I mean, it could work. It could work. I know I'm quoting it, The Dark Knight Rises, but hey, it could work. <laughs> I don't know. They, I feel like they almost need Bane to be a CG character. He's like that big and... Oh, God. Okay, let's talk about the visual effects now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the rubber At one icicles. point, they have toy cars. And so toy- rubber. The rubber icicles, like every time you see an icicle. I, every time they move something, it's like doing, 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 doing. As you guys talk, I'm going to look up the budget for this movie real quick. And then I'm gonna so that. one thing that I notice uh, when the cops and Batman show up at uh, Mr. Freeze's uh, lair and they have the exterior shot, I swear to God, it's just a bunch of toys in front of... Like, it's all model work. Like, they couldn't even afford to get a car out in front of a shop, you know? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, for remember 1997, I think, uh, like, the vines growing from Poison Ivy, that wasn't horrible. Oh, did you see the reverse shot? Yes. What? With well, Robin going up in the water and going back I didn't. Down. I never noticed that before. Oh, my Wait, God. what happened? Okay, so Robin is fighting Poison Ivy. And mm-hmm. he's knocked into her pool of, you know, deadly plants. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he struggles to get out of the water to get breath. And then the shot reverses to drag him back under. It's yes. like they, they clearly yes. wanted him to get <laughs> they wanted him to get dragged back under, but they didn't have it on film. So they just reversed the shot. And it looks hilarious. And I never noticed it before, even though it's so painfully obvious. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, uh, guess mm-hmm. guess how much this movie cost. Everybody, uh, 180 million dollars. That's actually 300 a very good guess. Million. Now, this is 160 million dollars in 1997 dollars. Yeah, that is a blockbuster. 
So to put mm-hmm. it in perspective for listeners out there, the equivalent of $1 million in 1997 today is about $1.7 million today. So this... Almost double it. Yeah, so this, this is basically uh, on the scale of something like one of the recent Avengers movies. Yeah, it's getting close to that kind of Avengers level. Mm-hmm. You have a movie that Budget. is this expensive and it looks so cheap with yeah. that reverse editing trick that they try and do, the rubber icicles. Oh, God. The, I mean, Bane's muscle suit. Bane's mm-hmm. muscle suit. Uh, the, well, the transformation of Bane, too, also looks really terrible. And, I had um, to look because um, the guy who played Bane before he got injected with Venom looked really familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought it might have been Ray Park. But it's um it's the kid from X Men Two, who uh, is in the wheelchair and like projecting visions. It's that guy. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Huh. One other really bad looking effect is when they go into the Turkish baths and Poison Ivy starts planting the seeds, and then kind of like out of a Disney film, they start to magically grow. And when she's playing with the plants and everything, that also is like very obvious looking CGI. And even like the production, did I, did I slip into a coma during that scene? I do not remember this at all. <laughs> uh, she she interacts so, with like some 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 cartoon some looking warriors uh, rejects. Yeah, some some cart after she beats the um the, the neon gang warriors rejects or Bane does, then she uh, takes over the Turkish baths and she starts and she plants some. Um, it's kind of like that com- that old Skittles commercial where you plant Skittles in the ground and then like a, a Skittles tree grows out of it. <laughs> You're it's, fucking with me. Yeah. This is not in the movie. You guys, you guys orchestrated no, this ahead it of time. Is. No, you made no. This up, and you're mm-hmm. like, we're gonna convince Joe the scenes in the movie, and we're gonna get him to admit it on Pre- tape. Uh, <laughs> this isn't in the movie. This isn't a thing that happened. Andrew Kroppel, PhD. I think the professor is confessing that he did not do his homework. Yeah. I I watched I watched all two hours and four minutes of this movie. Well, I didn't watch the credits. I also did. I not do not. I don't remember this. This also was not the first time I've seen it. I do not have any mm-hmm. idea what scene you're talking no, about. The, the, the yeah. scene where. <laughs> Poison Ivy and Bane uh, take over the Turkish baths. They kick out the Neon Street Gang from Batman Forever. <laughs> do you, do you re- remember the Turkish baths? No. You're making okay. it up. No, no. I'm not making it up. This actually because, happens in the film. I, honestly, I don't know how you could forget Turkish baths because it just seems a little bit too very There's a big obvious. old sign that says Turkish baths, for instance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's I a, believe you. There's a there's but a point like, where Bane stops his foot through the floor. They find some dirt. Uh-huh. She uh, she plants some skittles in the ground. They grow <laughs> little vines. Little yeah, what he's saying is true. Yeah. I, I promise think, you. I think what happened is you know it's it's already been uh, 48 hours since I finished the movie, and I think that my brain is already purging it. I think that that's <laughs> must be what's happening. I, I'm just, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's it's just it's just Trust going me. through with an ice cream ladle and go get rid of that, get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. So, no. Uh, speaking as of someone who cream. just watched it literally before we started recording, mm-hmm. yeah, this happened. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to go check. So you guys no. win this round. Spe- speaking of ice cream, should we talk about the? The dramatic scene in that garish, gaudy, god awful looking uh, ice cream factory between Batman and Robin with uh, oh yeah, and uh, and Batman walks away with cum on his shoulder. I mean ice cream <laughs> on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I didn't realize it was an ice cream factory until you said so. So I didn't know what he was dumped in, what that vat was. 
I mean, like, when I, Robert when I was, was a, dumped in. When I was a kid, okay, I gotta tell this story. So when I, I was nine years old, when I saw this twice in one day, I saw this in the theater with my dad, and then my sister, who was a senior in high school, and her boyfriend took me to the drive-in. Didn't tell me where they were going to go see. And then we get to the drive-in, and I see that they're showing Batman and Robin. Not only am I looking at this, going, I just saw this, and I don't really know if I liked it. So watching it at the drive-in. When I when I was watching the the scene where Robin gets thrown into the vat of ice cream, I thought that he was getting thrown into the same shit that Jack Nicholson <laughs> fell into in Batman. <laughs> I had that thought too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like and he just made the Joker again. Yeah, I thought I thought that it's like, oh, this is like where Red Hood comes from. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so Dick Grayson is actually supposed to be Jason Todd in this one. And instead of the Joker killing Bat killing Robin Batman killed Robin, so which would have been interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I at one point wrote down, "Hey, I know that voice. You're billionaire Bruce Wayne." <laughs> 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 because Batman's voice is no different from Bruce Wayne's. Hi, Freeze. Oh my gosh. I'm Batman. Hi, Freeze. How? I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Literally the same voice. Yeah. There's. Oh my god. I can't believe I forgot. Like the one thing that made me think, oh, I really need to take notes while doing this, uh, because at the Jungle Ball, uh, they're talking about you know auctioning off. They're auctioning off women, which is kind of weird, but you know whatever. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, they're auctioning them off to like these these fucking one percenters too, which is another. Yeah, thing I know. Is, it's, like, it's super it's depressing. really creepy. It's creepy and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, and here's the prize of the, or like the bell of the ball or whatever. And they're like, the gem heart of Isis. And, <laughs> and I was like, I rewound it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, before, sure before Isis was an Islamic terrorist group, it is, uh, <laughs> it's uh, like a Egyptian god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, I was like, okay, the heart of Isis. <laughs> Uh, donated by Bruce Wayne. We all know where they're getting their money now. It's from uh, the Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> all these, <laughs> all these billionaire started. superheroes get their money from terrible places. Mm-hmm. Well, all the billionaire superheroes are giving their money to terrible places and the terrible organizations and arming them constantly. And then there's the monkey dance. Which is... <laughs> the sexy monkey uh, strip. <laughs> really glad the movie came to a halt for that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I have a question. Why does Mr. Freeze have the ability to break Earth's atmosphere in a rocket ship? Why does he have a rocket? Oh, and uh, why not? And, and, and the fact that it looks exactly like the rocket that Dr. Evil exited and also powers one. <laughs> well, I'm sure back in the 60s. It. Well, well, yeah. and this, well, and, and also powers that was basically a gag. And this movie is played completely straight. <laughs> his, his whole thing is trying to raise money mm-hmm. for his research to save his wife. Why is he mm-hmm. building rocket ships? <laughs> it's very expensive to launch something into space. The answer is because fuck you. That's also, why it's Batman. Also, this, but this one really bothered me, and it's the first time I really realized it was watching it this time with my my analytical professor goggles on. Uh huh. So Mr. Freeze has cured McGregor syndrome stage one. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Why can he not patent that? And get funding to keep <laughs> curing McGregor's yeah. Oh, yeah. 
He's well, the only one in the world who's done this. And they're like, there's three more stages of McGregor syndrome. Like, you're onto something. Why don't we fund this? We'll make millions. It's like, no, I'd rather turn into an ice bitch. That, that, that sounds like a really boring movie, though. It would be, but you narratively speaking, it makes no sense. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. So, what you're actually describing is a much more interesting movie than what we got. It's just that I'm, I'm thinking in terms of uh, cynical studio executives that are high as fuck on cocaine who think that audiences are stupid and that they're all a bunch of six-year-olds and are just trying to sell toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the disease is named after one of the movie's producers. They, um, they've they actually referenced McGregor Syndrome and other DC properties. I think someone on The Flash had McGregor Syndrome. Oh, Just as an Lord. Easter egg for this movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> so, I'm glad McGregor Syndrome has now made it into the lore of DC. Yeah. They'll, they'll do little nods like that, even to something as terrible as this. But yeah. uh, so gotta I've, love The Flash. <laughs> early oh, yeah. early uh, recommendation for The Flash. I did watch some of like the other Batman of this time <laughs> uh, somewhat recently. And Clooney gives like the most wooden performance of them all oh yeah there are times when he knows what he's doing he knows he doesn't want to be there (laughs) yeah like he also knows that he has no idea what the hell he's supposed to be doing at the same time number one when he's in the bidding war he nearly blows his cover because he's spending who else can just drop he did blow his cover he did blow his cover and no one noticed yeah. <laughs> well, he blew his cover by showing up as Batman because the invitation was strictly for Batman, and Bruce Wayne, who's hosting it, is not even there. Yeah. I know. I couldn't figure that either. <laughs> they they have this event for the diamonds as a honeypot for Mister Freeze, and then they invite quote unquote invite Batman and Robin to like you know run the auction or whatever. It's like why would you? set a trap for Mr. Freeze and have Batman and Robin there. Are you hoping, are you just hoping he's going to be that arrogant? No, just have Bruce Wayne be there. He doesn't, he doesn't know Bruce Wayne's Batman and you know, stick a heater on his back. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have a Robin who's basically kind of rolling incognito kind of like, um, I don't know. You could even put Chris O'Donnell in the Batman suit and like two birds with one stone, you know, remove any yeah. doubt that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah, and also like kind of, and that will also like psychologically speaking, kind of make Robin think, "Oh, I could do this." When yeah. you put him in the basket, which, which which very beautifully foreshadows the whole rift between them later in the movie. It's like I can yeah. be Batman. Mm-hmm. I could do what you do. I did what you did, motherfucker. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, <laughs> but that would also mean that uh, eventually Bruce Wayne would have to come out in a Robin suit because <laughs> in order to help out. Why? Why would he have well, to he do that? He wouldn't have to do that, though. <laughs> because I'm joking, Joe. Because they I'm don't do joking. everything together. <laughs> they have their own lives. <laughs> that'd be like that'd be like me doing the podcast in an Andrew suit. I no mean, one would know why. I will. I will. I will say like if you, if you go with this idea, it would make that really dumb bat credit card gag a little bit better. Bruce Wayne getting oh, into a because Robin with has man because Robin's got the bat credit card now. Uh huh. <laughs> That's right. It does make it better. Yeah. It's so uh-huh. dumb, but it, at least it makes some kind of sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, like, Bruce, and Bruce could be like, "Don't use that." And you and know. even like even like uh, faux Batman saying, "I'll borrow it from you," and bidding up uh, Bruce Wayne. That makes a lot of sense if it's uh-huh. you know Bruce Wayne and Batman <laughs> squaring off. But mm-hmm. they don't they don't think about anything. They just like, yeah. how can we design a new Batmobile? Right. Mm-hmm. How do we design a new bat suit? Well, we're going to put nipples on this one. Well, the last one had nipples, too. That's just true. Also, the last one had a had a butt crack, just like this one does. 
Yeah, very nice. Got a nice bat butt. Real bat nice butt. looking butt crack too. Even even uh, even Real. Alicia Silverstone's had a butt crack. Real so nice that's... looking butt crack. I like to, like <laughs> mm-hmm. to get my. I like to. I like to freeze. I like to put the freeze up on that. Like one. like to like to swipe some French what? fried taters off that bat crack. <laughs> break, break the ice on that butt crack. Okay. So, uh, th- really? thank you. Andrew's thank, not having any of our th- Thank you, Andrew, just, for getting us back on course on this uh, corpse. Just, <laughs> yeah, you're you're looking at corpse butt cracks. I don't understand what's going on here. We have to do a Why detailed so analysis, here, Andrew. Uh, Mr. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew riddle me this, Mr. Pretty this, Huge Andrew. Dick. We got to do a. <laughs> this is not Batman Forever. Riddle me this, gentlemen. Riddle riddle me this, doctors. Yes, doctors, general. Why would why why ever would Mister Freeze carry the cure for McGregor syndrome around with him in his in his villain suit? <laughs> he, 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 it's in it's in a compartment in his arm, just in case he needs it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it makes no sense. Oh, so why does McGregor's the cure for McGregor syndrome look like a dangerous chemical? Like, don't well, I mean, don't check that shit in me. Like I don't ask for you to inject Gatorade in me. I drink it, but I don't have that shit shot up in my veins. I see this glowing like nightstick looking blue <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's like get that away from me. Like they're gonna trust Freeze yeah. <laughs> immediately because with that. What if it, what if it, li- what if Batman kicked him in the exact wrong spot and it broke? Then what's Mister Freeze gonna it's, do? It's so dumb to carry it around with him in the first place. It just mm-hmm. is convenient for the story. Uh, do you want to know really my, liked... my one the one thing i really liked about batman ampersand robin what when um this legitimately made me laugh like not a laugh at how stupid it was a legitimate laugh when batgirl first shows up and they beat poison ivy and she goes you know i'm batgirl and he says you know it, that's not very pc maybe bat person or bat woman and then robin goes you know what this means and Batman's like, yeah, we're gonna have to kill her. It's like, yeah, we'll kill her later. You know, that, whatever yeah. that exchange was, that legitimately made me <laughs> laugh. Because <laughs> like, George Clooney was playing it so straight, but it was really funny. Mm-hmm. So I that's, just I like that quick little. That's like exchange. the one time when he his wooden acting comes into play. Yeah, if he tries just a little bit, he has some charm as Batman. So one time like, when he just actually... to kill her. Yeah, well, we're busy. We'll kill her later. One time where he actually <laughs> acted like Batman. A little bit? Yeah. A little mm-hmm. Batman mm-hmm. in there. Okay. It, um, show, it shows you that he could be Batman if he really wanted to be. So you like the you like the two seconds where Batman was actually in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I respect I'm, that. I'm a man of simple taste, Doctor. Yeah. I like my Batman movies with a, a little Batman. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Andrew, PhD. I like... One of the things that I do like about this is that it attempted to talk about classism a little bit <laughs> with uh, Batgirl... Alicia Silverstone, she's like, no, I came here to take Alfred away from, you know, the billionaires because it's not right that he's being a servant. Yeah. And then that goes, that goes away. He's family. Oh, family that washes your, washes your dick yeah. for you. <laughs> family that's exactly. got to clean your goddamn Fam- family toilet. That you, family that you pay a slave wage, <laughs> clean yeah. your toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real <sighs> family. Nice family. I mean, I and mean, then she and, and then she gets into the cult. Like she becomes mm-hmm. a bat person, and like Alfred, give me a sandwich. <laughs> she doesn't even clean up as she's waiting for them at the end of the movie, and everything's kind of a mess. 
Yeah. And I love you. I love she's you. She's like, I love you, Uncle. Why aren't you guys cleaning? Yeah, I love you, Uncle, but you're going to die my servant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can get used to this. <laughs> now Does she I get understand. to boss him around? Like, is she one of the bosses now? Or is she, like, oh, staying God. there? And I don't know. That's a weird relationship now, automatically. Well, well, thank God the movie didn't do so well so that we don't find out. But now, I guess in this mm-hmm. hypothetical, maybe, maybe. You know what my favorite uh, part uh, of the movie was? When, the end? No. Uh, it was it was when Bane had the disguise with the trench coat and the, and the fedora. <laughs> <laughs> when he uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtled? Yes. <laughs> Bane, if he had, wore, if he had oh god it god if he had worn a human mask over his bane mask that would have been the best because <laughs> that's what the ninja turtles do they wear these awful bald baby faces <laughs> to look like humans his 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 face disguise should have been like a schwarzenegger mask <laughs> no, better movie no better l- movie. L- the 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 one part of the movie that that actually made my heart kind of skip a beat a little bit was whenever we saw Bane in disguise with the trench coat and the fedora and he's still got the, f- the freaking luchador mask on. <laughs> That's Why the best. Why was Bane so easy to defeat? Like, all they had to do to beat Bane was, like, knock the tube out he of his head and he completely deflated. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. how did no one try that before? <laughs> well, because this, this movie's definition of Bane is just dumb muscle guy with a big tube attached to him. There's There's no ingenuity there's no cleverness to the character of bane like bane is like he's not just known as the guy who broke batman he's also known as the guy who completely crippled the city of gotham the fact that he also happens to be happens to possess superhuman strength is another factor to how nefarious of a villain he is it's it's just an aspect of it because he's also incredibly smart like he's one of the few villains that figures out that bruce wayne is batman Another villain so, that does that is uh, Dr. Hugo Strange. So so he, here's the thing, kind of going back to what we were talking about way at the beginning mm-hmm. when you were like, have Arnold Schwarzenegger play Bane? Yeah. Back in the day, like back when this was out, I had no clue who Bane was. I thought that this was the character Bane, honestly. A lot of people didn't because like, the introduction of Bane, I think, was in was like five years prior to the release of the film. So I don't think that by having Bane be your main villain, mm-hmm. I don't think that would have brought in as many people. Well, I mean, I think it, it, people knew who uh, Freeze was. People knew who Mister Freeze and Poison Ivy was, which is why I said, which is why I said uh-huh. earlier that if you perhaps introduce Bane, maybe not in this film, perhaps in a later film, having mm-hmm. me played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, then yeah. you could like, and then present it as like Batman versus Schwarzenegger. But that mm-hmm. would serve as like a proper introduction to Bane, basically. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, yeah, because like I think I think Bane is in terms of like Batman continuity, Bane and Harley Quinn year wise in terms of existence are about the same age. Because yeah, I and think, Harley Quinn was introduced on the TV series, not in a comic book. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So people were more yeah. familiar with Harley Quinn because the TV series was so popular. But you're right. Mm-hmm. Only comics people, like recent Batman comics fans, would know who Bane is at all. But that gives you an opportunity to introduce this whole new character to uh, you know, an entire new audience. Yeah. And really do him right 
and play him to his strengths from the comic. It's like, yeah, he's been there for five years and you guys didn't even know about it. Yeah, you didn't know. Like how this fucking was, awesome this guy yeah, is. Yeah, you didn't know this guy was the one who figured out who Batman really is and also broke Batman's shit. And, the crazy thing about yeah. Bane being so easy to beat in Batman ampersand Robin is that he's supposed to be a super soldier. Like, he's built by Lionel Luther to be this unstoppable killing machine on the on a battlefield yeah. like all the other team has to do is knock out the tube in his head the obvious weakness and this and the super soldier deflates it's like oh yeah let me let me write my checkbook let I me mean, get my checkbook for your super soldiers yeah and and like how much is he charging for it like how many millions of dollars when the opposition could just shoot the tube yeah just mm-hmm. just target the tube man he's got a tube yeah <laughs> Well, also, like, even if the tube was, like, pumping shit into his body, like, would that still prevent a bullet from killing him? Because we learned in The Dark Knight Rises that if you shoot Bane, he's going to go down, as Catwoman does. Yeah, he's, he's a so. guy. I mean, especially in Dark Knight Rises, he's not, like, amped up mm-hmm. on Venom. He's just, like, a, a fit, mm-hmm. big guy. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Actually, like, if, if they had gone, like, the Dark Knight Rises route with, like, how Bane is depicted in that, in the the Burton Schumacher series to introduce him proper, he probably yeah. would have been a little bit more endearing. Like, here's the thing: you have to think back in like you have to think back like 20 years ago, or, or actually, this case, 24 years ago, when people didn't really know like who Bane was. Like, this is not mm-hmm. a good introduction to the character of Bane. No, no, I would want like the animated version. I, I don't think he yeah. was ever on the animated series, but he they've done animated versions like in uh, Justice League Doom. He's yeah. one of the mm-hmm. the Doom Legion of Doom members, and he's just like this enormous, suave, intelligent assassin, and he's such a he's such a cool foil yeah. for Batman in that movie. Yeah, and the fact mm-hmm. that like, he's like also suave too, when you put it, yeah, he's, with that he's body. super cool. It's like yeah. even though he's enormous, you feel like he could walk in and out of a country like Ethan Hunt, no mm-hmm. problem. He there is nothing getting in Bane's way, whether he is charging through a wall or has to like espionage his way through a situation like nothing is beyond him which i mean that's what makes him so terrifying i mean and 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 that's that's what makes him like not only terrifying but also what makes him a great batman villain i mean all the great batman villains are a reflection of batman himself and i think bane plays Mm -hmm. to that beautiful confluence of lethal traits that batman has Mm mm-hmm yeah. And, and the confidence other, and the sophistications, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on this? We should uh, start to think about our autopsy. Yeah, so um, one of my notes I have is uh, so much jacking off implied in this film. Wow, you were watching a different movie than I was. <laughs> other other than the ice cream vat, what do, what do you got? Like, Well, there's like Commissioner Gordon when she's like, no, you're too old for me. And there's like just so much like Poison Ivy. She's dropping double entendres and single entendres. And for a 1997 PG-13 film, it's a very sexy character. Oh, she's yeah, she's mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah. She's very attractive. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't see where you're seeing all the uh, implied masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I wrote that so down much. as a joke okay. or okay. maybe a personal note. You feel like Commissioner Gordon <laughs> went home and had his first orgasm in eight years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, Mr. Grayson is clearly uh, constantly, but um, I don't know about everyone else. <laughs> oh, Commissioner Gordon has never mattered in any of these movies. I know. 
Any it, of the yeah, any of the Burton mm-hmm. Schumacher ones for sure. Well, specifically mm-hmm. the Burton Schumacher ones. Like, it, I mean, Commissioner Gordon. I mean, he was like an in, very important figure in the Batman '60s TV show and movie for yeah. the most part. I uh, like that character. Yeah, uh, he he peaked as I would the say Nolan as a tie trilogy. the tril- yeah. the Nolan trilogy with Gary Oldman in one of my favorite and the animated series and the animated yeah. exactly the animated series the animated series one is really great. Yeah, the animated series Gordon is great and. Gary Oldman and one of my favorite performances by Gary Oldman is him in all three of those movies. That yeah, commissioner he's really solid. That commissioner Gordon. Oh my god, I adore that commissioner Gordon. It's a shame that you know you have a good actor like a J.K. Simmons who you think would be a perfect fit for commissioner mm-hmm. Gordon, and it just doesn't work. I, I'm curious if we get more commissioner Gordon in the Snyder Cut. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, J.K. Yeah. Simmons is a is a once in a generation talent. He's incredible. And he is the right person to cast as a Commissioner Gordon, but he just, what do you have, like one scene and nothing? <laughs> yeah. Well, doctors, we should probably uh, get to the nitty gritty here. Uh, I'm going to say that the cause of death for Warner Brothers, Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin was that it was going for a joyride on a motorcycle and then it crashed into a barrel of glitter. <laughs> and then as it was a uh, skidding through the the road that was leading to a dead end that led to a 100 story drop it got uh hit by a vat of neon painted chemicals followed by a batch of toxic waste from Max Schreck's textile plant followed by the acid that was thrown by uh, uh, Sal Maroney onto Harvey Dent that turned him into the worst Two Face ever in the in the form of Tommy Lee Jones, and then it fell into the same <clears throat> vat of was it liquid nitrogen that uh, Doctor Victor Freeze <laughs> fell into after some sparks went off. <laughs> There's a lot of vats. <laughs> I mean, uh, the thing is, is like these these films have a have a consistent pattern of people falling into things or getting hit in the face by some like corrosive liquid or some dangerous liquid. All these movies have that. I think it's like probably I probably had to tap into like the fear of nuclear power. Gotham is one big OSHA violation for sure. It definitely is a big (laughs) OSHA violation. So uh, after OSHA violation, after OSHA violation, after OSHA violation, after what basically was just like innocently knocking over a a barrel of glitter. It then uh, skid off the road which led to a 100 story drop onto the Gotham 200th anniversary parade with all the joker <laughs> balloons and the ice princess and and prince playing and prince playing and uh edward nigma as the riddler in his uh, bright neon jacket too uh, came <laughs> he tumbling was, he was just there he was just there too. he was there jerking off on the whole on the body <laughs> <laughs> he was jerking off on the batman uh and a little bit got onto his shoulder as you'll see in the screen grab here that we're going to use for this episode of blockbuster autopsy that giant cum stain on his right shoulder uh goes yeah, fully sure. you said it to me i'll use it for patreon <laughs> use it for patreon not not for the public just for patreon yeah and that was essentially the cause of death professor uh phd what do you got Andrew, what do you think? What's your diagnosis here? Arsenic and old lace. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Something very natural. Yeah. And then uh, old people and a little bit of frostbite, too. 
Oh yeah, so. frostbite. Yeah, you can see the frostbite around the extremities for sure. All that mm-hmm. plasticine wax. I, I mean ice. Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> and and a case of uh, wooden actor's syndrome. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh-huh. So it's I a PhD, believe- not an MD. Okay, goddamn it. <laughs> I told you a PhD. Doctorate. You're a pretty huge dick, Andrew. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have a pretty huge dick. You're not a pretty huge dick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, it Thank can be you. both. Um, <laughs> it isn't in this case, but <laughs> it's just one. It probably the answer won't surprise you. <laughs> All right, professor. <laughs> yes, professor. What is your, okay. What is the cause of death for Batman and Robin? Here, here's my theory. I believe. I believe the movie was trying to hunt a roadrunner and it put out some bird seed for the roadrunner and the roadrunner came up to the bird seed and was eating the bird seed and didn't realize that it was beneath a cliff and the movie had rigged some dynamite to the cliff so that it could blow up the cliff and drop a massive boulder on the roadrunner and then I guess eat it, you know, scrape its body off of the pavement and eat it. But, uh, Everything goes according to plan, except when we blow the dynamite, the cliff doesn't quite fall apart. The boulder doesn't quite fall. So the movie has to get out there, and it's stomping and stomping and stomping on the boulder, trying to get it to fall on the roadrunner. But the roadrunner speeds off, and the rock falls, and it flips upside down. The movie gets stuck underneath the boulder, and then is crushed on the uh, the remnants of the bird seed. Beep, beep. And, also, and then, you know, someone throws glitter at it. <laughs> Beep beep. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Remember, guys, this is a this is a cartoon. <laughs> and then the liberals canceled it. <laughs> oh no! The, oh no! Oh oh! We, we, justice for Doctor Seuss. Justice for Doctor Seuss. <laughs> oh, oh no! The, the liberals were a little too late on Batman and Robin. It was canceled long before that. <laughs> Rightfully so. Oh, I don't know about then. Seriously, this this is seriously one of the worst. Like, it has the reputation of being one of the worst movies ever made, and it lives up to it. Like, I would rather watch Batman v Superman: Donna AIDS. Over oh, for this sure. One. Yeah, I would watch Batman v Superman right now. The the ultimate cut mm-hmm. versus uh, because I guess ultimate cut's a bit of a cop out. I mean, it's better. Yeah, it's just longer. <laughs> but at least like yeah. with that one, like there was an attempt at making mm-hmm. something. There was some ambition. Yeah, it's, behind it's an it. earnest. It's an earnest superhero movie. For sure. yeah, it's choreography. It's an earnest movie. I mean, it's an earnest film, albeit mm-hmm. from a from a viewpoint that I completely disagree with. But it's a viewpoint, and there is some commitment into it, uh, particularly with uh, Ben Affleck. He does a very good job acting in the film, though it does have Batman ampersand Robin levels of plot holes in it. Oh, does it ever? I've, I've, I mean, every bit as egregious, I would say, if not yeah. more so. Um, Absolutely. It's also a it's just lot not. Of, it's just not this campy, but it's this is what happens when Batman and Robin, yeah. is like you know, is more serious and doesn't do anything else right. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, to the point where it becomes basically pretentious. But at the same yeah. time, like I'm okay with ambition, even if it gets to the point of pretense than something that really did not need to exist, but only existed for the sake of, you know, cynical capitalism reasons, like Batman and Robin. And if you're somebody who thinks that Batman and Robin is a better movie than even Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, or The Dark Knight Rises, fuck you. You're wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're, and you can be wrong for the rest of your life. I don't give a shit. You're wrong. Uh, and that's just a fact of life. Uh, any recommendations, gentlemen? Dr. Kropel, plugs or recommendations? Let me think. I really haven't watched much. Um, this is going to be an interesting one because uh, these two, I'm not sure if they're going to be particularly easy to find because one has actually been removed from HBO Now and the other is not necessarily readily streaming available anywhere. But I would like to recommend the following two films. The first one that I mentioned in HBO Now is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, mm-hmm. An incredible, incredible telling of the uh, final day of basically kind of like uh, the height of Fred Hampton and the Black Panther movement and all the way up to his final days, uh, which are, of course, it's real solid. It's real good. Very solid, incredibly well acted and uh, painfully relevant in today's day and age of uh, social injustice. Uh, the second mm-hmm. film recommendation I have is a film called Sweet Home, which came out in 1989 uh, from Japan. It is a film uh, that was released alongside a co-production of a video game designed by Capcom, which was released at the exact same year, also oh. called Sweet Home. And it served as the basis, the and as the inspiration for the first Resident Evil game. Oh, okay. Oh. Yep. Uh, as, Sweet, uh, as Sweet Home is a lot of fun. It's very imaginative. It's very atmospheric. There are parts of it that are genuinely horrific. And it also shows things that I have never really seen in a horror film before or since. And I hope to see more uh, like it. And I hope that it gets like an Arrow 4K Blu-ray type of release because it it is a lot of fun. And I also hope that the video game itself, because it's a Capcom video game, I hope it does get some kind of release on the Switch or like the PS5 or PC Mm -hmm. or something like that. So those are my recommendations. I actually have a recommendation now. <laughs> Sorry, it just took me a second. My recommendation is a podcast. Sorry, Joe. Uh, called Belief It or Not. And Andrew, it's Andrew. I don't know if you realize this, but I don't host that podcast. What you're recom? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's, it's what's uh, Belief It or Not? It's a podcast where two guys. Uh, one is a has always been an atheist all his life. Like, I think he might have gone to, like... Or, like, he was a Catholic, but, like, didn't really practice. And then another guy who, like, went to Bible college to become a youth pastor and basically deconverted. And they just talk about different aspects of religion. And that does sound good. Basically... It's almost a history lesson at times about different things that involve religion. Like, uh, the latest episode I listened to was talking about the John 316 guy who showed up at all the sporting events with John 316, like on a poster board and on a shirt while wearing a rainbow. That was the same guy? The same guy did that every time? Copycats took over. But but then there's one I watched on the company that made Bible Adventures – which is a Nintendo game. Another episode on Seventh Day Adventist, which I have a little bit of a fond memory of because I went to an Adventist college. I would recommend it. Nice. I would like to recommend Billy Elliot. I never saw Billy Elliot until the other day. It is real sweet. It's great. I really enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect from it, but I could watch that kid dance in the streets of his little mining town 
all day. I loved it. I thought it was real adorable. I need to watch that. I've it's heard on good HBO. About it. It's on HBO mm-hmm. Max. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere else, but that's where I watched it. Uh, I need to watch it for other reasons too. Yes. Wink. Wink you do. Indeed. Uh-huh. <laughs> so follow us on Twitter at Word Salad Radio. Join the Word Salad Radiohead's Facebook group. Contribute to patreon.com slash word salad to get early access to most episodes and exclusive access to a bunch of other stuff. Or just write us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or recommend us to somebody. Helps others find us and we love it. We love it. Before we go, oh, I just want to say one thing. Oh my god, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> 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 I think that the best way how to end this is the same way that Batman and Robin ended their film. (laughs) With crippling bankruptcy? (laughs) No. We should end it with this phrase. We're going to need a bigger cave. Like a vagina? No. It's just (laughs) a bigger cave. And then I have the symbol of the Batman logo crossed out violently in my notes. (laughs) I, I have the bat s- uh, symbol on the back of my car. I'm going to go take a key to that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> or just watch a good Batman movie. I'm going to go watch Justice League Doom since we mentioned it, and I fucking love that movie. I'm going to go watch uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good I'm one, I'm going to watch Joker mm-hmm. because I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to watch Joker and Batman v Superman at the same time, and one of them is going to be backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Batman be Superman backwards. I think I think it'll be a little bit more enjoyable. All right, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks doctors for joining me and getting to the bottom of this cold cold case. Good night, Andrew. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. I'm Mr. Icicle. I'm Mr. Ten Below. Friends call me Snow Miser. Whatever I touch. (laughs) 